Assalamu alaikum and a very warm welcome back to the Arabic in 60 Steps YouTube channel. Of course, once again, this is another part of our series that we're doing in our countdown to the 1st of June 2021, for those of you guys who are watching in the distant future, of the reopening of the Arabic in 60 Steps program. So what we're doing in this series is we're just going through some of the most common mistakes and questions that students of the Arabic language in general have. Most of them have been inspired by my students on the Arabic in 60 Steps program, but it's not exclusive to them. Um, you know, you know, the, the, these are issues that sometimes are... Um, glossed over too quickly by some students or maybe there are just some gaps we need to fill in later on down the line so no shame if you've uh, if you've asked some of these questions I asked way more embarrassing questions believe me when uh, when I was studying Arabic in the in the very beginning so and I still do and still do so so I don't think that um you know that there's anything wrong with these questions so um, it's not a question so much, it's just a, a mistake that I've noticed that a lot of students make. So in this particular lesson we're talking again about the Hamza. Hamza in Arabic causes us many problems, um, or causes the students many problems. Um, but it's, it's not rocket science though, we just need practice. So what is the issue? We're talking about imperatives specifically today. So usually let me talk you through a little bit about how we get an imperative, like for example with the word from from taking the verb to go in Arabic, ذهب, to commanding someone to go. Like what are the steps that we take to actually arrive at that? So let me talk you through it. As I mentioned that one, let's just roll with that. Let's just do ذهب. So let me show you, okay? ذهب, what do we do? Let's stick it in the present. So يذهب. ذهب, يذهب. Next step, we put it in the majzum. The majzum case, we learn it in step 11 in the Arabic in 60 steps program, so relatively early. And with this verb, all it really means is that you are cutting off the end. The word majzum literally means it's being squeezed. And you, you notice that with verbs, that the vowels in them get shortened, that the word gets squeezed. So what we end up with is yedheb. We end up with yedheb. 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 Okay. So when we're at this stage, the next step to do is we cut off any kind of... Um, any kind of prefix that we have that tells you about what person it's referring to. In this case, the ya at the beginning of all Arabic verbs tells you it's third person. Yeah, it tells you it's third person, right? Not necessarily singular because you use it in the plural as well. So just in the third person, it tells us that it's third person. So we cut that off. Okay, so let me bring this word over here. But what we're going to do is we're going to cut that ya off. So we just get dhab, dhab, right? Depending on what verb you have, you will either put a i sound at the beginning or a u sound at the beginning. Um, and what does that depend on? Well, it depends on what vowel is on this letter. If there is a a or a i sound, you will use a i sound at the beginning. But if you didn't, if you had a different kind of verb, like for example, if we had the verb, I'm going to do this under here, I'm going to do it underneath, oh, let's move forward. If at this stage we had the verb um, k-tub, k-tub, for example, from the verb ketebe, yaktubu, meaning to write, if I was telling someone write, if I, was, if I was commanding a student to write. If it's an u, like that, then the vowel we put at the beginning is an u, right? So if it's a fetha or a kasra, it's an i sound at the beginning, hence idheb, or ijlis, or iqra, or um, what else? Yeah, idheb, like we have here. But if it's an u verb, um, with, with an u over the middle letter, we have uktub. Right, or orbud, you're commanding someone to worship. Good, so that's how we do it. That's like a, that's a very brief run through of how we do imperatives in the Arabic language. So what's the issue, right? That, that, that seems fairly straightforward if you're familiar with some of the terms and stuff that I've used. So what's the issue? Well, the issue is when we come to these verbs that have a hamza as a root letter, 
as a, as a beginning root letter to be specific. So for example, with verbs like ekele, with verbs like ekele, or verbs like echaive, with verbs like echaive. Okay, so if we were to take that through the steps, ekele, yekulu, by the way, I'm, just to be really clear, I'm doing the same thing as, as I did along here with Zahaba. I'm doing the same with Ekala along here. So Zahaba Yadhabu, Ekala Yakulu, and then let's put it in the Majzum for Yakul. Yakul. So what do we have at the end? We would have this Ukul. Like that. So students look at that and say, well, there's an U at the beginning. So we must begin it like this and then have a have a have a elif with a hamza. And then have our call. So, so we should have auto call. We should have auto call, right? And the, the exact same process would run through and would end up at the end if we were to take achaver. Let me just do spaces all the way to the end. We can skip our achaver yet chodu yet chod all the way to the end here. So the same situation, right? Students expect us to have have this and at the end. Um, but the important thing is to remember that the rule is that with verbs that begin with a hamza in their imperative, you cut off the hamzas altogether at the beginning. You remove the hamzas altogether. So it's actually much more simple than the problems we make for ourselves, as is often the case. Like sometimes when we try to um, religiously uh, adhere to all the rules for, for new verbs that, we don't that we're not necessarily familiar with how they work, um, you know, the actual reality is far more simple. Arabic has a nice way of when you come into problems, Arabic just says, ah, forget the whole thing. You know, like over here, we, we end up with a problem here. The rule doesn't entirely apply. So what does Arabic say? Ah, forget it. Just say khud. That's it, that's it, right? The, the, the imperative for akhada is khud, take. The only time I've ever heard that is in football. When someone passed me a football, they say khud, khud. Anyways, and then with akhala. The word kul means eat. Kul. So that's how we do it with these verbs. Um, yeah, any verb you ever come across that begins with a elif with a hamza on top, like ekala or akhada, then this is something important that you need to remember for making the imperatives of those verbs. So that's everything for this particular video. So tomorrow, so our next video is going to be our last one in this series, and then and then on the day when we launch on the first of June. I will probably do a live stream at some point during the day. It's likely to be in the late afternoon or evening here in the UK, um, for our time here in the UK. Um, so it'll be very early for you guys on the West Coast and probably, you know, afternoon, early, late morning or whatever for those of you guys on the East Coast. Um, we'll do a live stream and I'll also, I'll also create a video as well just showing you around inside the program. So um, for, some, for those of you guys who want to see how the course is laid out, what materials you get access to, um, you know, where to go for help and stuff like that, what's available and things like that. I'll, I'll do a whole walkthrough of what's actually available inside the program as well. And we'll put that video on the first as well. For any of you guys who have questions like that too. So um, that's everything for this particular video. We have one more lesson coming out after this. And then it's go time with our relaunch of the Arabic in 60 Steps program. So I'll see you guys in the next video. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.